Hello and welcome to Encouraging Others and Loving Jesus. I'm your host, Kim Smith. This is episode 228, In the Lord's Strength, I Can. What automatically comes to your mind when you hear that phrase, In the Lord's Strength, I Can? Well, that's what our weekly assignment feature is today. I want you to finish out that phrase. And Lord willing, after we talk just a little bit and we look at some scriptures from the life of David, I'm just trusting that God's going to inspire you to reach for a much higher answer to that question. So as we've walked through the life of David now for years, we've seen so much and And sometimes people want to know, well, why in the world is so much of Scripture devoted to people like David or people like Joseph, the Joseph of many colors um, coat? And why is so little devoted to others? And it really comes down to, by God's divine design, I mean, every life matters. And some of us, end up living what we consider a a long life or a full life of maybe 80, 90 years. And some live for eight minutes. And it's all by God's purpose. And and we're not going to understand all of that this side of heaven. For his thoughts are higher than our thoughts and his ways are higher than our ways. Same thing for how God constructed his word. So you will have people who aren't mentioned in scripture at all, but played a large role in the world at that time. But their story did not help us to find Christ, to grow in Christ. We have some that there may be one verse about them. And then we have people like David, where you have, what, a book and a half? And that's not even all, because a good portion of the book of Psalms are David's songs. We've got in Chronicles a little bit. Well, more than a little bit. You mean, there's a whole lot of scripture devoted to David. So as a result... That causes me to pay attention. We need to learn from him. And if you'll think back, when we first got introduced to David, David was just a teenager. David was out doing what he was called to do by his dad, and it was tending the sheep. When Samuel came to anoint the next king of Israel, he wasn't even in the initial lineup. Fast forward to where we have been studying for the last few weeks, And he's toward the end, not only of his reign, but of his life. And toward the end of his story, as told in 2 Samuel, we have this interlude. We have 2 Samuel 22, which is the same pretty much as Psalm 18. And it's this song from the life of David. And if you look at the heading, it will say, When God delivered David from Saul, that being King Saul, the first king of Israel, when God delivered him from Saul and other enemies. 
So it's not something that was at the end of David's reign. It's something that was probably early in David's reign, even if he was, even if he was king of Israel at that time. And so why in the world is it inserted in the text so close to the last, the last glimpses of David's life? And I've mentioned to you for the last few weeks, I think the reason it's there is the, that whole idea of us as human beings when we're approaching the end of life. You know, I've worked in the end of life industry now for almost 20 years. And... Not everyone, but the majority of people do a lot of reflection in their last days, in their last months. They try to right wrongs. They try to say what needed to be said, sometimes what they needed to say 30 years ago, things that they've put off. And I think it's there because it's part of the reflections that David would have been doing. This week, we only tackle one, two, three, five verses and we also look at a very short piece from the story that is David's most famous story. That being in scripture listed as David versus Goliath, which was really Goliath versus the Lord of Heaven's armies. David was just the pawn in that, but the very, the very faithful young pawn that God used and so let's jump into 2 Samuel 22, 26 through 30 and look at this. And, and then I'm going to talk to you, especially about verse 30 and just how it jumped out at me and how I am trusting that God is going to do something special with this verse in your life. 2 Samuel 22, 26 through 30. 26 says, to the faithful, you show yourself faithful. To those with integrity, you show integrity. To the pure, you show yourself pure. To the crooked, you show yourself shrewd. You rescue the humble, but your eyes watch the proud and humiliate them. O oh Lord, you are my lamp. The Lord lights up my darkness. In your strength, I can crush an army. With my God, I can scale any wall. And we could go through this. God is faithful. God is faithful. And he wants us to be faithful to him. And the thing is, sometimes he is faithful to us long past where our faithfulness has run out. But God is a God of integrity, whether we have integrity or not. He is pure, whether we have purity, exhibit purity. And God is shrewd. God has all wisdom. We get to these last two verses. Oh, Lord, you are my lamp. The Lord lights up my darkness. It's not our focus to this week, but what areas in your life need God to light them up? To show you exactly what is going on and to give you wisdom as to how to proceed. And then the verse that, for me, just grabbed me. In your strength, talking about in God's strength, in your strength, I can crush an army. With my God, I can scale any wall. Those are some bold words, are they not? And I want you to think about it. How would you finish that phrase, in the Lord's strength, I can? 
what would you put after that? Can you crush an army? And you may say, well, I am not military. Well, I'm not either. But the thing is, in the Lord's strength, we could crush an army if that was what God ordained for us. I was listening just last week, just last week, to a presentation from a group that had gone to youth camp. And it reminded me very much of presentations 20 years ago with the youth that I was privileged to go to camp with. And as part of Southern Baptist life now for a long time, they have different trust activities often at those camps. And one of them is what's usually called the trust wall. And it's this wall that you cannot scale on your own. Like you're not going to be able to do that. And yet, and and you may not physically believe that there's any way you could get over the wall unless somebody puts you in one of those trucks that they used to work on the electrical lines, put you in that and, and to carry you up. That's the only way you could get over. And yet I saw so many times over the years, people who thought there was no way that they could get over, but because the group was strategic and they put the right people over the wall in the early times, I mean, because there are some people that are athletic enough to manage to get a running start, jump high enough on the wall and be able to grab the top, but that's a rare person. And after you get a few over, you can help others up. And it is one of those indicators. Like I, if I were running the course at this point in my life, I would put this verse right beside it. With my God, I can scale any wall. Because there are people who, with the help of others, and with the strength God gives to each of them, are able to scale a wall that they never, ever, ever dreamed that they could. And these are physical walls, but what emotional walls are you able to scale? And so in your strength, I can crush an army. I started thinking about why is it that David at this time in life was so bold. He believed that in the Lord's strength, he could do amazing things. Why is it that he was so strong as a proximate 15 year old to believe that God could whip Goliath, the mighty warrior from Gath through him. So you've got Saul and you've got David's older brothers and and you've got these military trained men and they look at Goliath and they do not see I can through the Lord's strength. They see ain't no way. But David sees this loud mouthed, vile, spouting warrior that God is going to take down. And why is it that David is so strong in his conviction? And part of the reason he tells us, so he goes to King Saul and here you've got David's probably just like a normal 
14, 15 year old boy. And he goes up to King Saul. Well, King Saul is a head taller than everybody else to begin with. And little David goes up to him and you can guess that Saul was not taking him real seriously. And so here we go. Here's David. And so this is 1 Samuel 17, 32 through 36. Don't worry about this Philistine, David told Saul. I'll go fight him. And you have to know that there had to be chuckles all around to anybody who was listening to this. Because they're thinking this brash kid is going to get himself whooped. But that wasn't what was going to happen. 33 says, don't be ridiculous, Saul replied. There's no way you can fight this Philistine and possibly win. You're only a boy, and he's been a man of war since his youth. And from a human perspective, that's exactly correct. Like, we don't agree with King Saul very often, but Saul was right from a human perspective. But David persisted, verse 34, but David persisted. Here's at least part of the reason why David had such confidence in what God could do through him. He says, I've been taking care of my father's sheep and goats, he said. When a lion or a bear comes to steal a lamb from the flock, I go after it with a club and rescue the lamb from its mouth. If the animal turns on me, I catch it by the jaw and club it to death. I've done this to both lions and bears, and I'll do it to this pagan Philistine too, for he has defied the armies of the living God. Like, this is not your average 15-year-old acne-scarred little boy. This is one that has experienced God working in and through him to defeat these animal enemies. And David's thinking, comparing a lion to this dude, well, I'll fight this dude. Because I've already seen God win against animals that I shouldn't have been taking on. Surely God's going to take out this fella because this fella is being absolutely obnoxious. Because he was. There's no question about that. And uh, verse 37, we're going to add this to the mix. Verse 37, the Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear will rescue me from this Philistine. Saul finally consented. All right, go ahead and may the Lord be with you. David was not cocky in the fact that he thought he had been the one to defeat the lion and the other animals. He's like, the Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear will rescue me from the Philistine. He knew where his source of power came from. And he's like, well, if God can do that, why in the world wouldn't I trust him to take care of this mouthy Philistine? What experiences have you had in life where you've seen God do amazing things, either in and through you or in and through others. So the reason David had such confidence that he could say, in your strength, I can crush any or any, I can crush an army. With my God, I can scale any wall. It's because he had already walked the road with God for many years. So by the time that David is writing this song, he's not only experienced what we talked about here, where he's seen God defeat lions and bears, which none of us plan to tangle with, 
lions and bears, but he goes on to be pursued by Saul and to live on the run for approximately 10 years. And those aren't his only enemies, but Saul literally put a target on David's back and chased him. He stalked him for 10 years. And when all that's said and done, and all the times that David saw near misses, and yet God delivered him, David's standing on some pretty tall stepping stones, knowing that God delivered me from all of these enemies. As a result, in his strength, I can crush dot, dot, dot. So probably for you, you're probably not going to say, in your strength, I can crush an army. But what, what is God laying on your heart this very moment? For some of you, it's that you need to know this God more. Because right now, you don't believe that in the Lord's strength, you can crush anything. You believe it's on you. And you are worrying yourself to death. You have forgotten that if you are a child of the living God, that you have the Holy Spirit of the living God inside you, you have all the power in the world. And there is nothing, absolutely nothing, that you cannot do, that God ordains you to do. Philippians 4.13 is one of the most quoted verses and definitely one of the most taken out of context verses. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. It's true. The Apostle Paul was saying that because he had seen God do amazing things. He's writing this from the jail. He has seen God multiple times save his life. He knows that there is nothing that God would ordain for him to do that he would not give him the strength to do. Now, does this mean that me at a big 5'4 can dunk on a regular size goal? That if I claim for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength, uh, no, not without a ladder. But things that God ordains for you to do, you can do. No matter how small your imagination is, your sanctified imagination of what you can accomplish. And I want to see God just burst that wide open today. So I'm going to give you, just off the top of my head, I've been thinking about it for a couple of days, just off the top of my head, some examples of what in the world you might put after in the Lord's strength I can. So, in the Lord's strength I can overcome that temptation that has been a part of my life for what seems like ever. That temptation may be a guy. It may be alcohol. It may be having your focus on other people and you just can't get your focus off of them. You're so worried about what the neighbor thinks that you can't or you're choosing not to live for an audience of one, the heavenly one? Like, what temptation can you overcome in the Lord's strength? Temptation does not come from God, so there's not any temptations 
that are more powerful than the strength of the Lord. Name it and walk in it. Know that God will give you the power to overcome any temptation. Okay, well, next one. In the Lord's strength, I can say no. And only you know what you need to say no to. It's kind of back to the temptation part, but a little bit more direct. There may be some relationships in your life that you need to say no to. Any faces coming to mind? And then in the next sentence, in the Lord's strength, I can say yes. You can say yes to the plans God has for you. Those plans that you've been excusing your way out of. Where you've been saying, oh, I can't do that. Somebody else needs to do that. Oh, God would never use me. Look at my history. In the Lord's strength, I can say yes to the plans God has for me. And I can live out the rest of my days in victory. In the Lord's strength, I can dream with my sanctified imagination and I can see God. I can see God bring my dreams to reality. Last week we talked about the fact that the Lord delights in us. And there was a verse that I used in there as our summation where I flipped it on you. And it's not only that the Lord delights in us, but if we delight in him, he will give us the desires of our hearts. And the reason that the psalmist can say that, I don't remember if it was David or one of the others, but the reason the psalmist can say that is because when you delight yourself in the Lord, your desires are going to be his desires. Are you dreaming too small? Are you dreaming only based upon what you as a human being can accomplish instead of dreaming about changing the world? My pastor this morning preached on turning the world upside down from Acts 17, where Paul and Silas and others were going from town to town, sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ and seeing lives changed right and left. Was it because Paul was such a great speaker? No. Was it because Silas had the ring of faith? No. It was because they were going in the Lord's strength. And in the Lord's strength, they saw God flip the world upside down, including their own. Because can you imagine just walking into these towns and seeing lives after lives after lives be transformed by the power of the gospel and knowing that you had a part? In the Lord's strength, I can courageously Share the gospel with people that I encounter. That's a tough one for a good portion of us. Some people are born evangelists. The rest of us have to trust in the Lord's strength to give us the words to say, to give us the heavenly eyes to be able to see the needs 
and be able to speak into those needs and to see God move? Does it promise that every person you share the gospel of Jesus Christ with is going to just jump into his arms immediately? No. But your job is to share that God loves them and that Jesus died for them. In the Lord's strength, I can do anything that God places on my heart. I mean, we could go on this for days. We could we could share, and I would love for you to email me some of your in the Lord strength I cans. I would love to hear them. And I would love to pray for you with that. You can share it in our Facebook group, Encouraging Others in Loving Jesus. You can message me on Twitter, Instagram. Uh, So Twitter is EO in Loving Jesus and Insta is Encouraging Others in Loving Jesus. Would love to connect with you on social media, but email works well. But I would love to know how God has used this to inspire you to do beyond what you can do in your own physical limitations. But in the Lord's strength, I can. I just, I get kind of starry-eyed. If you were to watch this, now we're not going to take this podcast into the video land because that would mean every week I would be self-conscious about the video and I wouldn't be able to pour my heart into the audio. But If you could see my face, I'm looking up and I'm just dreaming about what God might place on your heart to do. Like, who might he call you to speak to? What job might he call you to that you think is way beyond your means What task? Like one of these days we might get to heaven and you come up to me and share how God used this lesson. This scripture from David's life to chart your course in a different direction. To live the rest of your life in the Lord's strength. I know there's not supposed to be any tears in heaven, but boy, oh boy, I can't imagine I wouldn't bawl like a baby to hear your story and to see the fruit. Thank you so much for tuning in. We're going to continue through David's song here. There's still a lot in it. And we're going to, we're going to go down this road because I think there's a lot that we can learn. There's a lot that we can use as inspiration for our own lives. You know, this is a song that David wrote when he was at a high place, a time where he had seen God defeat his enemies. And he's reflecting upon all that God has done and what God can continue to do in and through him. Information down below on how you can get to the other podcast episodes. There's a QR code at the bottom Additional verses are there, 
and we're going to do this again next week. Uh, you know, please join us. It's free for you to listen to. It's free for you to share with others. Who in your life needs to hear in the Lord's strength? I can share it with them. Encourage them to listen and pray for them that God will do exceedingly abundantly more than they could ask or imagine. And I pray for you that God will do exceedingly abundantly more than you can ask or imagine because you walk in the Lord's strength. And remember, it's always a trust and obey kind of day. Mm -hmm.